Well, hi there, and welcome back to Gab and Grow, which is a podcast about the people, places, and resources that are available to you to make you a successful WCSU student. I'm your host, Mary Beth Griffin, and today we're going to be talking about preparing for finals. Our guest is Dr. Forrest Robertson, who is a professor of chemistry and a WCSU alum. So welcome. Thank you, Mary Beth. Thank you for the invitation to speak today about finals preparation. I'm really excited. (laughs) Now, one of the funny things that we've been laughing about before we get started is that, and a lot of you know this already, we've been recording these really early. So for us, it's actually, as we're recording this right after Labor Day, and it's like 90 degrees outside and really, really hot. So it feels a little funny for some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about because this is actually set to air in early late November, I think. Um, So I'm going to ask us to imagine there's a chill in the air. (laughs) We've just had Thanksgiving and finals are right around the corner. And, you know, maybe Pete, do you have any temperature control there? You can lower the temp in the the studio a bit. Um, I'm going to start just by asking a a little bit about you because you were a student here and you're kind of one of our success stories. So can you talk to us a little bit about what it was like for you here, and what kinds of things you can recall doing that helped make you a successful student. Absolutely. So I was a student from 2003 to 2007, um, and so I studied chemistry. I knew that I wanted to study chemistry uh, from the moment I stepped foot on campus. And one of the first things I actually can recall is meeting with uh, my advisor. And so I think that that would be probably one of my mm-hmm. Number one things to do when you first step on campus is get to know your advisor well, um, really uh, uh, let them know who you are uh, so they can sort of uh, plan for you for your four years while you're here at Western. Um, and that was really helpful. Um, so while I was here, I did study chemistry. Uh, I, I feel like I did very well, but <laughs> but that was not without a lot of hard work, yep. to be quite honest. And uh, so I uh, graduated in 2007. I then ended up uh, applying to six graduate schools, got into five of them, thankfully. Um, and that's just a demonstration that it's not just unique to me, that if you mm-hmm. actually do work hard, you do uh, study uh, for all of your classes, and you really store it in long-term memory, mm-hmm. right? that you can go to great places uh, after Western, right? And so, and so you get a great foundation here in this university. And so I, uh, uh, I ultimately chose to go to Dartmouth College, um, which was a great uh, institution to mm-hmm. study chemistry at a graduate level. Uh, I then uh, graduated that from the chemistry program uh, in 2012 um, and then did a stint at Yale University. So I got back to Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, right? <laughs> uh, back home. And uh, so that was great. So I learned a lot of things there. Um, it was more of a, a collaboration with a private company when mm-hmm. I was there. So that was really a nice sort of aspect to add right. to my uh, toolbox. And then, uh, and then, yeah, so in 2014, the position opened up for the full-time chemistry position. And I applied, and, and thankfully, uh, I became the new addition uh, uh, to the department <laughs> in that year. So that was mm-hmm. excellent. Um, but to sort of talk to your point about sort of what made me successful when I was here, um, again, meeting my advisor, meeting my faculty, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to get into their offices. You must, right? So they're there. They have the expertise in the area that that you are learning, right? right? And they're there for that purpose. They want to transfer their knowledge to you so that you can go on and do those great things. Um, And so that was one thing. But again, they can do just so much, right? right? They can only answer the questions 
that you have based on what you've read, based on mm -hmm. what you're working through on problems, what you're reading in text and all of that. So, um, so that brings up the point that you must be doing the problems, say for chemistry or math, right? You must be doing the problems and you must be putting pen to paper, must be doing significant number of problems so that you actually get used to and, and familiarize with those uh, mm -hmm. types of problems. Um, uh, with reading in English and things like that, right, you must be reading those texts that they're asking you to read. Yes. Yeah. So is it a lot? Maybe, okay, yeah. depending on the level of the class. But you have to read those texts. Um, and again, if you are confused about any of the points, I was always in my faculty's offices, whether it's Kathy Brady, um, or, or Dr. Hagen, and so forth. I was always there, right, talking to them. Um, and so that that's something that is really important. But again, it must be putting the time outside of class, putting right. in the time outside of class, so that you can actually become uh, competent in mm -hmm. those areas and in those problems. Um, and so, again, that's, I think, the most significant thing that I could probably say is I, I did tons of problems. Yeah. I became competent in all those areas. Um, in those areas that I wasn't competent in, I was in the faculty member's office saying, please help me understand these so that I can actually get that right. level of competence as and necessary. And professors, is, they do want you to do that because they don't want to see people fail. They want you to be successful it's a feather in their cap when their students leave here and go to Dartmouth and work at Yale. That's and, right. You know, so. Absolutely. It's, and it's just, and it's exactly like these kids are students, not kids, yeah. but these students, they come in and it's like a, not a blank slate, but then as they move through our programs, right, so if they add these pieces that just make them into the chemist, the, the English major, the, the writer, and so forth, mm -hmm. that is just so uh, rewarding to watch as yeah. a faculty member. And you talk about putting in the work, and, and I was going to ask a question about, you know, what kinds of things students struggle with. My guess is that a lot of times it's that they aren't necessarily putting in the work that they need to do, that they're, you know, they're having trouble getting their time right so it's a time management thing or they're not understanding the concepts or working enough, they don't know how to study well, mm -hmm. um, you know. What kinds of advice do you have for students who th those kinds of issues come up? Mm -hmm. So uh, I am not uh, unlike many of our students mm -hmm. today, right? Uh, many of our students today have work commitments, have family mm -hmm. commitments, um, have children, non-traditional students and yeah. whatnot, right? So they have a lot on their plate already right. before any classes begin, mm -hmm. okay? So when I was a student here, I did pay for my tuition, so I was working three jobs at every moment through my full time uh, here at Western, okay? Uh, which meant then my time management skills had to be highly, yeah. highly fine-tuned. Okay, so and sleep some time was sacrificed. Yep. I did try to make up on the weekends. But anyways, my point is this is I had time management sheets that my faculty in the chemistry department gave to me. And so I had everything down to when I was going to eat mm -hmm. scheduled, when I was going to shower scheduled and every little detail. And the only way that I could get everything done in the day that I needed to get done was if everything was uh, uh, sort of outlined and delineated in a time management sheet. Okay, so time management is probably the, the best thing that I could offer with regard to um, taking all of your responsibilities, putting them in, jamming into one day, and still being able to successfully accomplish each of them, okay? Uh, and so I think that would probably be the one thing that I would say um, 
is one of the biggest things that our students struggle with is the time management, okay? But if you do write out those time management sheets, you can say, okay, so between 1 and one thirty and so forth, I'm going to eat. And then between mm -hmm. 2 and 4, I'm going to study for organic chemistry, okay? Um, and then later in the evening, I'll study for my English course or whatnot. Um, but if you stick to those schedules and you do it and you have these incremental daily uh, sessions mm -hmm. where you are studying for those courses and, and all of that, you're storing it in long-term memory, right? right? Which then helps you, as we're going to talk about a little later, is when you're preparing for your finals, right? It shouldn't be this cram, 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 right. cram a day before the final and so forth. That's not healthy. That's not helpful. And it's probably not going to be very successful. Yeah. But if you have all along the way, along, all along the 16-week journey, right, you have stored the material in your long-term memory and so forth, it's much easier than recall when you get to the finals. And the, and the preparation for a final right. should just be a review, right, right. essentially. Well, and that, that leads into the main source of what we're here talking about today, which is finals. And, and so even though we're recording this way early, this is set to air just a week or so before final start. So, um, you know, we we have an academic success page that we use on our own housing website. And so I looked at that and, and there was a list of some tips for studying for finals and prepping for finals that I thought was kind of a nice place to start. And, you know, one of the ideas is start now, mm. you know. And so since we're talking just a couple weeks out from finals, is it too late for students to start? So this is maybe two-pronged. So yeah. I don't think it's too late. But if you, let's just say the, the, the best situation, the ideal situation, is that you've been studying all throughout the semester. Daily, you've been adhering to your, uh, your uh, time management sheet and so forth. Um, things are going to be much easier mm -hmm. when you get to the, the, the finals week right. and so forth. But the challenge is going to be there if you have not done that and you have not studied and so forth. But it is not impossible. But what you're going to need to then do is you're going to need to go back through the semester, mm -hmm. sort of look at the high, uh, high points in the semester, the topics that you covered and so forth. And then you really are going to have to sort of um, allocate the necessary time uh, that is needed to then become competent in those areas. Right. Yes, it's going to be much more difficult, much more challenging to be successful. But again, you can meet with your faculty member. You can uh, develop peer groups and right. so forth where you're studying because your your peers, right, are another resource mm -hmm. for you, right, as, as you are a resource to them because they're going to know and have competence in areas that you don't or you're right. a little shaky in and so forth. And that whole teaching process where they're teaching you material and you're teaching them mm -hmm. is significant okay yeah. you cannot undermine that um and it definitely solidifies that material in your mind and so when you get uh, a problem or you approach a problem you're going to have much greater success if you've actually taught it okay because yeah. i actually i read a story about that when i was in elementary school and it's always stuck with me mm -hmm. it was about somebody who was helping someone in their class learn something and it helped them so much and it just it was one of those things that stayed with me always all it, it really does yeah. and it really does help um sort of uh, transfer that knowledge, right, yep. to another person. Yep. One of the tips was about being clear about what the test is going to ask you to know or to be able to do. So how does that happen? I mean, I would guess that your professor is probably going to give you some good hints about it, but are there other ways students might be able to divine what's, hmm. what's coming on their test? So, yes. Yeah, so what I do for organic chemistry, just one of the classes that I teach. Um, so when we are about a week out uh, or two weeks out mm -hmm. from the, an exam, so not a, a final, um, but any exam during the, the semester, 
uh, I'll hold uh, a, a significant number of review sessions so that they can actually get their questions answered mm -hmm. and we can review some of the material. But before I go over any of the material, I say to my students um, and I say, what would be the four main things that are going to be found on this exam? And I have them list them yep. because they were there. They sat in that class. They took the notes. They read the textbook and so forth. They should know the big, yep. the big hitters, right? And so what is so interesting is the students that are um, maintaining and that they are mm -hmm. actually sort of um, studying appropriately, they... Nine out of ten times, they're getting all four right. of those uh, big hitters. Um, and so it does really allow me to get insight into mm -hmm. their knowledge of that material. Right. If they can say all four of them, I know that these students know exactly what I emphasize in lecture mm -hmm. while we're going through the lecture. Um, and that they're able to, like you said, divine yeah. right what's going to be found on this exam and so forth. So it's really... That's what I do sort of with my students. Um, and so if they are unclear, though, right, mm -hmm. um, I do say come to my office in these review sessions, even in lecture, before lecture starts, um, I can sort of give them some helpful hints. I also write study guides and so mm -hmm. forth, so guidelines, what's going to be on these exams. It's not going to be this is on, this is on, this is on, this is on. I say these are by priority. So the first things that I list are going to be high priority items. Mm -hmm. And then as we go down the list, they're going to be less uh, sort of important or not less of importance. Everything's important, but um, that they're not as significant as the right. main main topics and so yeah. forth. Yeah. And I think we, we hit some of this on that, that time management area of things where people should schedule the same kinds of time each day to mm -hmm. try to make sure they're getting some studying in. It's, it's not always a great idea to try to cram. If you can do a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here, it adds up and gets into that long-term memory better. So I think, you know, that's certainly a good way. And then you talked about the study sheets too that, you know, and a lot of professors will do that. They'll Absolutely. have a study sheet for you. But um, if your professor doesn't, do you have recommendations for people hmm. if that's the case? Yeah, so absolutely. So if the faculty member doesn't, there's nothing, there's no harm in going to them and asking them if they could, mm -hmm. right, draft up a, yep. a guidelines. Um, and I'm pretty sure most will be amenable to actually writing that. But let's say in the off chance they say, you're a college student, you should be able to do this. Mm -hmm. Then what I would say, the moment that I heard those words, I would go to my peers, I'd be in a study mm -hmm. group anyways, and I would say, okay, so we're going to draft our own set of guidelines. You all, we should all individually draft the guidelines ourselves from the material that we're going to be examined on and then we'll come together we'll combine and compile our list and we'll see how everything stacks up yeah. okay um, and then I think that when you do that when you go back to the material and you look at what are the topics that are going to be most important um, for the exam that you're going to be uh, given I really do think that helps sort of solidify the material. Mm -hmm. And then when you actually sit in those groups and with your peers, and like I said, you, as you do the teaching, as you receive the right. education from your peers, um, that will then solidify that material, make it much more meaningful and lasting. Okay, but again, I say to my survey students, I say to my organic students, you have to start early. You have mm -hmm. to start soon. And yes, we just talked about, is it too late? Um, the successful nature, right, of whether it's too late or not, I don't know, and so forth. Probably not as good, not as great yeah. as the people that are doing it uh, all along the way. Yeah. But um, I think that if you get to these, get into these peer groups, and you get into these studies groups, those are the most helpful things you yeah. can do uh, during the semester. Okay, yeah. and those study groups are great because you can review your notes then and. And one of the things I was going to ask is, if you're not a good note taker, mm. what would you do? But obviously, you can borrow some notes and look over notes of your friends and people in that peer group. Mm -hmm. You can also ask your professor to, you know, 
talk with you about your notes too and right. see what you're maybe doing doing wrong. And then um, one of the suggestions too was doing practice problems or essay questions. And that's the same kind of thing. Like looking at that study guide, wouldn't that be kind of something else that you would do for your prep? Maybe it's flashcards that's or, right. you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> one of the things it said was be confident and think positively. And, and I'm thinking back to, you know, some of my harder classes and thinking, yeah, I'm positively going to flunk this test. So how do you, how do you keep a, a good positive spin on things if you're a little anxious about it? Right. So I think that there are definitely some, uh, there's definitely great aspects of being positive, right? Mm -hmm. If there's great literature on this, if you go into an exam or anything and you say, I'm going to fail this and so forth, the success rate probably is not going to be there. Um, but I think that maintaining a positive attitude and saying, yes, this is challenging, but I can do this, this, and this mm -hmm. for success, right, and so forth, then that will help you sort of in the long term and the outcome of that final um, or that exam that you're doing. Um, but I think just going on that and saying it's going to be fine and everything's easy and yeah. I'm positive so without any substance behind it mm -hmm. is not helpful, okay? Yeah. Um, you do have to put in the time. We're all here for a purpose. And this yeah. is what I always say to my students too is all of you are here for a reason, right? Whatever goal you had from day one or you eventually get there mm -hmm. after going through exploratory studies programs um, and you finally have that goal, keep an eye on that goal. Right. Yep. If we talk about success, it's sometimes the students that don't have that goal or they lose sight mm -hmm. of that goal and they begin to flounder and tread water and, and, and so forth. Um, then that is reflected in grades and courses. Mm -hmm. It's reflected in their, their the way that they perform here yeah. on campus. And so you have to keep your eye on that goal. So I look at, out at my students last week on Thursday in organic chemistry and in survey, and I look at them and I say, in each of your eyes, I see that there is the, the career in nursing or career mm -hmm. as a physician or a PA yeah. or as a dentist or a pharmacist. I said, we got to keep our eyes on that prize. We have to, right? Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of work to be done. Mm -hmm. Okay. And in those hard and difficult days, right, you have to keep that in mind because that's going to be the reward at the right. end. Right. And then you get to sort of build off of that when mm -hmm. you get there and so forth. So and again, when you get to medical school, when you get to pharmacy school, when you get to dental school and so forth. We're going to look back at undergrad, not to sort of demean or, or to diminish this, but those days are going to be harder than today, yep. okay? So we want to do the hard work now, sort of like stretch ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that when we get to those medical school days and we get to the dental school days, we are prepped and we're prepared to do much harder work, right. okay? Much more independent work, okay? Um, and so, and it's possible. It is possible. Yep. We have students from our department. I have friends that I graduated from WestCon with that are to chief toxicologists, mm -hmm. that they are PAs, they are doctors, they are um, pharmacists, and they're very successful. Yeah. Okay. And that is not unique to just our group. Our students mm -hmm. can do that today. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I was going to say is just because you're a chemistry professor, what you're saying has meaning and import to people, whether they're a musician or, mm -hmm. a, you know, an actor or um, a writer or a teacher or something. It's It's that putting in the effort, doing the work mm -hmm. to get it done, having a goal in mind. I w those apply regardless of what discipline. your major is or what your discipline is. Right. So um, any final tips that you've found over the years that have worked well for you or for students? Yes. Yeah, so I think 
especially as we're talking about finals preparation. So thinking long-term. So day one, what I used to do in my classes is I would get a binder for each of my classes, okay? Mm -hmm. And I would uh, put all of my lecture notes, my lecture Mm -hmm. slides into the binder for each of the classes that I was in. I would also, when I got a quiz back, I would three-hole punch it, put it into the binder, and I would set it aside. I would review it before an exam, okay? Mm -hmm. I'd also put my examinations into this binder because, again, as you compile this uh, sort of uh, uh, material, okay, for that course, it's all for you, right? It's for your use uh, to prepare for examinations and finals, okay? And so what I would do in preparation for a final, I would look back over my quizzes, my exams, and I would actually try to do those problems. And because I had all along the way, Mm -hmm. I had actually stored all that information in long-term memory, right? It was essentially just a review. So I would just open up the exam, I would answer the questions and so forth. Um, And not to say that there weren't some things that I had to review and sort of get the, the, the details of, but I was able to um, use it as a review, a tool, mm-hmm. okay, as I prepare for finals. But I would definitely say, so get a binder for each of your classes. I would put all of my slides in there that I have my notes on. I would actually put all my quizzes in, my exams in there. So I could then, at the end of all things, when I'm preparing for finals, I could use it as a study tool. Great. I think this is great advice. I hope that we get a lot of students who listen mm-hmm. to it because I think it's going to be helpful to them. Uh, you know, my big thing is it's never too late. That's right. You know, there are always possibilities for you to improve what you're doing. So thank you so much for being with us today and uh, telling us not your own experience, but also not just you as a student, you as a professor now, too, um, and being able to share with our students, you know, things that are going to help them become better and more successful. If we have anything that you thought we were going to talk about today that we didn't, if you have any questions that are left, something that you'd like us to cover, um, please just send me an email. I'm at griffinm at wcsu.edu. And uh, look for us next week for more great information from Gavin Grove. Thanks so much.